Tom Gerhardt and Dan Provost are the guys behind Studio Neat. On this show, we discuss entrepreneurship, product design, and all of the ups and downs that come with running a small business. I'm Mike Hurley, and this is Thoroughly Considered. So, is this our first gift guide? Are we about to do a gift guide episode? I guess. I don't know if I even recommend people buy this stuff. It's like, so we're, <laughs> so basically, Dan, you had this idea, right? That we could pick a selection of items that you gave, you, okay, you said pick three items that you really love to use, but you have to have used them for more than a year, right? That was the mm-hmm. the kind of, which made it very difficult because I had lots of things that I wanted to pick, but they're more recent mm-hmm. products. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the idea of at least a year because it means I didn't replace it. Right, like this right. has to be some kind of lasting thing. So we have—I yeah. mean, I'm looking at our document here. We have nine very peculiar things that we <laughs> all love as particular individuals. Right? I guess that's what we're going with here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's a gift guide. I don't think it could be a gift guide because we don't have affiliate links. I mean, mm-hmm. do you want me to work so on that? Oh, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> show notes. <laughs> So who wants to start? I guess point, we right? should we should do one each, right? With round robin this yeah. thing. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Mike, you go first because I I don't know what your thing is. I think I know what it is. The top one. Okay. My first pick is the Sage Barista Express coffee machine. Oh, okay. In the U in the US, it is not called Sage. It's called Breville. Same oh. company. Same company. Same product. Just different branding. But the okay. uh, the the Barista Express is my coffee machine. And we got this as a uh, wedding present. So I've been using it for more than a year. Um, <laughs> and this is how I make all of my coffee now. It is one of these like self-contained units that it does everything. It has a conical burr grinder to grind the beans. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it puts them into that little tamper. The, the one thing, what is that called? The, the stick knock, thing? Knock, knock, knock. Okay. The tamper Thank thing? You. Oh, it, yeah, it puts into the handle. The handle thing. That's got a name that I don't remember right now. But, you know, it's got a thing. It's got the thing that the coffee goes into. And then you tamp it down. It's got one of those. uh, And then you lock it in. You make the espresso. It has a steam one for milk. Uh, I love making my coffee this way. I love this little machine. Um, It takes a lot of care and upkeep. There's a lot of cleaning involved with this machine. Yeah, that's the problem. Not only is there cleaning with the machine, there is then also, like descaling and full cleans like there's like these processes that you have to go to and the the water tank in the back has filters in it like it is very fussy it requires a lot of care and love but it produces the best coffee i've ever had at home so i'm out you're out yeah so so i've been this (laughs) way talked about all the cleaning i'm out (laughs) okay i'm actually i'm 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 moving in the opposite direction of my coffee where i'm trying to optimize for extreme uh like simplicity and cleanup Uh, so that's Mm. kind of the direction i'm moving in oh the cleanup oh the cleanup there's so much yeah so here so here's so mike (laughs) I, i i'm interested in this because casey and i for six years have had a similar machine by Seiko, the Vienna Plus, but it does a crazy thing where it keeps the grounds 
like you never see the grounds are like emptied into a bin internally that you have to like clean out what? so you don't even have that wand thing it has like huh. the water and the beans and then it like empties its own like puck of used coffee right. grounds into right. a little container and so the problem we would have is like it gets molt like if you don't if you don't like clean that bin out like really well every couple of days it gets like moldy in there and stuff so we've both just like slowly backed away from that machine eventually. And now we're both just on like AeroPress mode because we don't want to deal with all that quote cleaning. Just like Dan, I have a feeling, Dan, you never had a, a like super automatic machine like this, right? No, although I recently purchased a uh, $40 mr coffee maker like a traditional (laughs) regular like college dorm coffee maker because i needed a way to make like a pot of coffee like a a Mm -hmm. large quantity of coffee and kind of have it kept warm this is basically like all the families coming in for christmas and so like i need a way to provide coffee to those people and have them drinking like at different points, <laughs> different people. points in the morning. Uh, yeah. So like the pot needs to be kept hot. And that was like, honestly, it seemed like kind of the simplest and most affordable way to do that. So it's like, I have a $40 yeah. Mr. Coffee machine in my house now. Well, so why do you like this, Mike? Is it because it's, you just push a button and you get, co- and you get espresso? Mm, it's not push a button. Like there's a the, the, what I, you know what what I genuinely what I like about this is it's more than just pushing a button. Like over the last year and a half, I have had to get better at using this machine, right? Like understanding the differences of trying to dial it in to get the right pressure for the espresso, like understanding oh. exactly how to steam the milk so i get the right texture that i'm looking for like i like that over time i've put the effort in like i only have so like why, why one or two of these an espresso day. machine like it why is... don't you have like a straight up like a no but like a not like a straight up straight up espresso machine like a real fancy one well because i don't drink just espresso i always have milk and so uh... i wanted a machine that did all of it right that... wait but how does this put milk in does this have milk what? stored in it no, I have to steam the milk, <laughs> right? Like I use the okay, steam one just... to foam the milk. Okay, so I don't understand how this is different than like an espresso machine that you would get in like a like a coffee bar. Besides the fact that it has a reservoir of beans that it grinds, is that the only difference? Well, I mean, it's gonna produce a better end result because I get to use. No, it. no, 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 no. No, I mean like a like a full, like a full on espresso machine, like a fancy like Italian espresso machine that you would buy that it's like in like if you go to like a coffee place Maybe okay I'm... so can you give me... <laughs> well, you know, like a huge machine it is you know, one of those this is a this but is a pretty home. big machine i think yeah yeah, yeah. but for home uh, so but i'm just saying is the only difference between that quote huge machine and this that it stores the water and the beans in reservoirs rather than you adding them to like and then tamping the i guess but do those... you those machines, all right, I've put a link in our notes now so you can see this. I think one of the issues we've had here it. is, all right, but like this is no, I'm, I'm a small it. version of what you would find in a coffee shop. So do you have mm-hmm. to move that handle? Like you put it in and then you move it over to the tamper and yeah. stuff? Yeah, and that's what happens oh, in coffee shops too. I thought it was like all in one, like doing no, that all in one. No, Go. it grinds no. it into the, into, the, into the handle where the basket is and then I tamp it down myself and then I lock it in to, to the area where the water flows through. 
it then makes the espresso, and then I have a milk jug to put the milk in the jug, yeah. put the steam wand in, foam the milk, and then combine it. Oh, man, that's it. Yeah, you're running a whole coffee bar. It's like a whole, like, you come to my house, and you are getting <laughs> yeah. handmade yeah, yeah. barista, if you would call it that, from me, coffee. What about AirPress? Were you ever on the AirPress train? Yeah, for years. And Well, what's why are you off the AirPress train? Because I Dan, want, you're on the AirPress I train, right? I want this. This is what I want to do instead. I'm on AeroPress, but I'm trying to optimize for something even simpler. <laughs> now, see, me and Dan, uh, we started in the same position and took completely yeah, different paths. Directions. <laughs> well, I Dan, went for, you... I want more complexity. Yeah. And Dan That's wanted right. less complexity. <laughs> yeah. As Dan is wont to do. What's uh, your question, Dan? I, I have an incredibly uh, a naive question that will betray my uh, lack of coffee knowledge. Mm-hmm. What is the... What is the difference between espresso and coffee? Okay, so it is the concentration of the bean, the pressure. Oh man, I'm doing this. Everyone's gonna right. Okay, so coffee, coffee, <laughs> yeah, right? You're in trouble here, Mike. I know this is terrible. I'm doing. I, I'm not looking this up. I'm just going to do this from my understanding. All right. Okay. So with an espresso, you take an amount of coffee and you put it under intense pressure to produce the espresso. Right, so mm-hmm. like the 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 grounds, they're put yeah, they're like they're put under finer intense pressure, at finer grounds, and you get a small amount of coffee out of it. Like it's like a single serving mm. use thing. But aren't right? you putting a bunch of water in there and then milk? Aren't you like americanoing it? And then I don't add water. Putting milk in like latte. I just add, you don't yeah. add water. But Amer- oh. but an americano is not a coffee, and neither it's an espresso is a, with additional water. latte. Coffee, question- coffee in the jug. It is just long extraction like you just put a bunch of water in and it will drip out right yeah, this drip coffee, coffee. So, so it's completely different in flavor and intensity the the beans are completely interchangeable right mm. like you can use beans for espresso mm. that you, you would you use can. for coffee you should have espresso roast beans though yeah okay I mean, so what what distinguishes it's the intent. A lot of the time, my understanding is what is called espresso roasts are darker roasts, but you don't have to do that. I actually don't yeah. like a dark roast as much, even in espresso. I prefer lighter roasts, but mm-hmm. typically you would have a darker roasted bean, a more roasted bean for an espresso. Is my understanding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am not an so, expert wait, so, on this. So, Dan, what are you doing that is simpler than an AeroPress? So, I. Uh, I, I I am not doing anything yet, but I've like oh. asked around, and I think the solution is one of those. Uh, let me get the name right. Uh, just a, a pour over drip thing. Uh, a Hario or Hario V60. So it's just a ceramic cone that you put on top of a cup, oh, like a Chemex. Yes, but for a, but for a cup instead of yeah, like yeah, its yeah, own yeah. carafe. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that I think that might actually be the simplest possible way to it make coffee with like it without, takes longer with though. like it takes longer. I think it'll but take a little less. bit longer. Yeah, yeah, you do less. Exactly. Yeah. So time. It's not necessarily optimizing for time. It's like simplicity, ease, and cleanup yeah. are kind of what I'm trying to uh, yeah. to shoot for. So I we'll don't see. know if this if this Mister Coffee method is going to be easy clean wise. I've I've done it uh, a few times and it's uh, it's fine. the The filter thing is uh, 
Well, actually, I don't know if this makes it easier. It's like a reusable filter basket thing. So you just like pull that out, dump it out and rinse it. And, uh, and you're pretty much good to go. Wow. Coffee. It's so geary. It is. And I, but so I like that though, right? Like I know that there are so many easier ways for me to get what I'm looking for or like, or to get something close to what I'm looking for. But I genuinely like take enjoyment when I make the coffee. You like fiddling. You like fiddling it. Yeah, you're, you're I like fiddling. it. You got, you it's got, the same. You got like, the towel over your shoulder. You got the apron everything, on. The whole you're thing. Like, My wife at the end, she likes the same. Right? Like we both enjoy to do this. Like also as well, like there are more fiddly, more expensive machines oh, yeah. in this line. Yeah. And one day I will get one of the yeah, more expensive, I, I, more fiddly machines. Mark my words. In two years, you're going to have your own standalone grinder. You're going to have. I already have own, a standalone grinder. And it's going to be like even fancier, though. You're going to have this like huge, like sofa cushion size machine that has special filtered oh, water I, coming I already, into it. I already know what one I want. It's. <laughs> don't worry about that. Or you're going to start to have kids and then you're going to start to move in my direction. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't even drink coffee until I had kids. And now I'm like, <sighs> yeah, there might, there might, I can understand the requirement of there being yeah. more coffee all more easily goes available away. all day, but I'll get to that if and when I need it. But for right now, <sighs> I love what I got. Just live well, your life, man. I am. Okay. Well, I'll suck us out of the coffee void <clears throat> with my pick. Uh, cause we could keep going down that void for forever. I have the opposite thing of a cup of coffee, which is the Nipex pliers wrench. <laughs> I want to know uh, why this is opposite to a cup of coffee. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not a luxury item. It's like, I mean, I guess, but it's like, it's a tool. It's not no, like there's a lots food. of these. I'm on the Nipex website. There's lots of oh, yeah. numbers. Materials. Oh, don't get me wrong. You could go down a rabbit hole of like tool geekery, but anyways, let me explain what this thing is. So it's a you know um, for the dear listener, you know like those. It's like a crescent wrench when you when someone show, like holds up an old timey like mechanical wrench, and there's like a little helical mm. thumb screw that you turn, and it makes the wrench get bigger and smaller. I've made a decision like a, for this episode. Like, more than any episode of all time, you must go to the show notes because none of us <laughs> will do a decent job of explaining anything. So you have to oh, look excuse? at what we're talking about. Hey, I'll, I'll follow you. Please I'm go ahead so and far. continue explaining, Tom. Uh, but, so, you know, you may prove me wrong. It's, a cre- but. it's a, like a crescent wrench, right? Where, you know, you use it to, like, turn bolts and stuff. Well, this is a German tool where it's like that. <laughs> It's used for that, except that it's also like a plier, so you can squeeze it. So, uh, basically, it's really, really good at turning bolts and, like, it's kind of made for, like, turning bolts and, like, grabbing stuff. But it's also just really good at grabbing anything in general because the uh, kind of teeth, like, usually when you think about pliers or some pliers, they kind of have, like, uh, those, like, teeth on them. They're, like, really rough, and they're, like, really aggressive teeth. And so if you, like, grab something like part of a pin mechanism or, like, a bolt or, like, a thing of metal, it's going to, like, scratch it all up and, like, damage it. But the the kind of jaws on these things are, like, perfectly, like, smooth. And so you can grab stuff without damaging it. Um, and so it's just this, like, really awesome tool that feels like whoever invented this thing must have just been like, wow, I did it. 
IREC reinvented <laughs> pliers, and it's like the best thing in the world. I think the patent just expired on them, actually, so there'll probably be a lot of knockoffs coming, but it's super high quality. So basically, that company, Nipex, is like a German... There's this whole world of like German tool manufacturers, um, but I would highly recommend this wrench, uh, even even if you don't do a lot of like tool fixing or anything, it's kind of like you could get the kind of 10 inch version of this thing and it will turn a bolt from a very small one up to a very large one. It's kind of like the only wrench you ever need, really, if you're just kind of like doing whatever it would work for plumbing it works for like turning like ikea bolts i mean it's just like the best hand wrench one could have it's really awesome i feel like this wrench uh it's kind of an exception to the uh it's not really a rule but a lot of times when you're trying to make something that's kind of two tools in one it just ends up being worse well, so at both, both yeah. tools but mm-hmm. this is like pliers and a wrench and it seems to kind of be better at both that usually doesn't happen well yeah it's kind of like it's not trying to be two things it's kind of like a new thing where it's like it's Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. it works like pliers but you can grip like you can put pressure on it um and so yeah it's like i don't know it just feels like it should be the standard tool like not a normal wrench like it should be the normal thing that like a normal whole like if you're working on like an engine or cars or something you don't want this kind of tool it's too big but um for almost anyone this is the kind of tool you should have. Like you, you could have like only this and like a screwdriver and a hammer and you, you'd get really far because <laughs> it's just good at like, grabbing and pulling and turning or whatever. So yeah. anyways, uh, I would say the Nipex pliers wrench. And also if you just are interested, there's a whole world of, if you go to kctool.com, they're basically, if you're in the U S they're like the U S distributor for a lot of German tool brands. And there's basically this whole world of like super high quality tools. Um, that come from Germany that are really awesome. So I would check out that stuff. Good pick. Well, my first one is, is a very smooth transition. It's a <laughs> pair of scissors. Uh, the I feel like I'm the odd one out here. Yeah, that's, that's all right. We'll get, we'll get it back. Uh, but I think you pronounce it Kai. I'm assuming it's K A I. Uh, the model I have is uh seven, two, three, zero, which are like nine inch, shears they call them uh but scissors are in my experience at least there's something you probably use more often than you think and it's something you kind of never really think to upgrade but as soon as you do it's just like holy cow these are (laughs) so much better than any scissors i've ever used and that's why i think they make such an incredible gift because pretty much everyone needs scissors. Uh, I mean, if you're wrapping gifts, you need scissors and it's just like a, it, it kind of like slots into their life already because they are, they're already using scissors, but it's just like one of those perfect moments where it's like, okay, I just like upgraded your life. Uh, and this thing and like this tool you're already using, like, I know you're going to need it at some point. Um, there was this, uh, I always like think of this tweet. Uh, I'm going to kind of probably, butcher the exact wording but it was basically something like you know when you're wrapping a gift and you're cutting the wrapping paper and your scissors start to glide i bet that's what heroin feels like (laughs) and uh using these scissors is just like 
doing heroin all the time. Like they feel like they, they feel like that every time you're cutting something. Uh, and so I, uh, yeah, get a good pair of scissors. I, there was one Christmas where I bought like every family member, uh, a pair of these scissors. They're, uh, they're super good. And so they, they have like different sizes and different, uh, lengths and stuff, but the ones I have that I mentioned, like the seventy two thirties, are they're like a good, just like solid all around scissor size. And I, well, and I would say that these aren't just quote good scissors. Like you can go and get like Fiskars that are quote good scissors, but these are like exceptional scissors. They're like so they yeah. are yeah fifty eight pounds. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're worth it. Yeah, it depends. I mean, I thought I just. <laughs> made the case. Well, no, no. You said, I was going to say, you said that they were great scissors. I want to know, are they 58 pounds worth of scissors? Well, yeah, if, you, if you... 100%. So actually, I want to add something I got to take advantage of. Uh, the the scissors, uh, I'm going to blame my wife. <laughs> I think she like, I don't know if she was trying to cut through a like a tin roof or something, but they got all, uh, they got kind of like... Uh, uh, dented a little bit along the blade so they, they weren't like working as well as they should be but they have a sharpening slash repair program it was like 750 which included the return shipping and I just like shipped it to them and a couple weeks later they shipped them back and they're like brand new like they're perfectly sharpened you know if you have the tools you could sharp you can Mm, you can pu- you can you can separate i think you're supposed to be able to separate them and sharpen them yourself but you you can't use like a regular knife sharpener like so you probably don't have the tools to do that but yeah, in theory you could uh but i mean 750 like and they're like new so the fact that i like know that they're basically going to last a lifetime because they can be repaired so easily uh i think that like makes the investment worth it for you, sure you could also take them to like a local professional knife sharper and they, a sharpener yeah. and they could like do an excellent job yeah like they'll last forever that is the one thing like if you're a person who's like i'm gonna get one pair of scissors you know that's the way to go we're all that person if you think about it <laughs> <laughs> i'm a big computer boy and my favorite computer <laughs> is the iPad Pro. And my favorite accessory for my iPad Pro is the bridge keyboard because it turns my iPad Pro into basically a laptop. And I love it. The smart keyboard, it's nice. It's always there. You know, it's nice and light. It's great. But it only has one orientation when I've got it on my lap, right? Like I can't, well, I mean, the new one has two, but they both suck. Uh, you know, like as those two little slots that you put it in so you can look at it. What I like about the bridge keyboard, the hinge mm. is just like a laptop hinge. So you can have it at any orientation. So you can have it open flat like a like a book, right? Or you can, any way to mm-hmm. close it, right? I love it. It's a great keyboard. It's a Bluetooth keyboard, charges via USB-C. So the same charger that you use for your, for your iPad Pro. It has a backlight on it, which I really like has a bunch of uh, media keys, so I can, con- like a bunch of shortcut keys that the smart keyboard does not have at all, right? So I can control brightness, mm-hmm. I can unlock the iPad, I can play, pause, all that kind of stuff. Um, I really love this thing. They are going to make a version with a trackpad, which will work with <laughs> the new accessibility mm. features mm. in the iPad Pro. I'm very keen mm. for that. That's coming next year, I think. Um, I've been using bridge keyboards for multiple years now over iPad Pro versions, uh, and I, I'll never go back. Like this is it's mm-hmm. the perfect pairing. It comes because one of the great things about this is if I want to take it off, it just pops right out 
like it, it there's it's not like a big kerfuffle to mm-hmm. remove the keyboard mm-hmm. and the iPad from each other. There's like, two little clips, right? Yeah, and like they just the rub it. You just push it in, pull it out. Like it's easy. Um, and then it, you know you can use it just like an iPad. So I I really think that that like if you especially if you have the big one, the twelve point nine. Like I have one mm-hmm. for both of my iPads, but if you use the twelve point nine and you use it a lot for any type of typing, you use it even just like email and stuff, you should look into one of these. It really is fantastic. Mm. Makes it a laptop. Mm. Yep. I have a question, a couple questions. Okay. I've I've always been kind of curious about these, but the turnoff for me is that it doesn't take advantage of the smart connector so now you have an object that needs to be charged in its own right which isn't something that's true for the smart cover Mm -hmm. and then also like the bluetooth connection just how like kind of automatic and solid that is can you can you comment on those two things mike the bluetooth connection is 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 flawless like it never it's like it's always connected okay never ever have a problem with that um it the at very most I need to just tap the space bar twice and it and it's connected. Like that's gotten mm-hmm. way better mm-hmm. over time through changes in iOS, the iPad and the bridge keyboard. Like over time they've all gotten mm-hmm. better at consistent Bluetooth connections. Mm-hmm. Uh so that's all fine. They say on their website twelve month battery life. Now I'm assuming this is if you turn off the turn off the backlight. I leave the backlight on, mm-hmm. so I need to charge it. But honestly I think I probably charge it like once a month. Okay. At that, like it doesn't need charging very often at all. Um, so okay. I don't, that I always thought that would be an issue, but it got even less of an issue when they made the connector a USB C connector. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like once every now and then I just move the charging port to the keyboard, right? Like mm-hmm. it, my, yeah. my iPad's charging while now the keyboard's charging. Like it's not, it mm-hmm. doesn't, it mm-hmm. doesn't, it's not a problem for me. Nice. Awesome. Uh, one last thing, one last question. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you're doing pretty well on selling me, but I have one thing. How when it is when it's closed, it's a pretty thick thing, right? Like does oh, that you, feel? You, you basically got a Mac Pro. It's it's a MacBook Pro basically in thickness and heavy and, okay. and weight. Like okay. it's, it's basically a MacBook Pro at that point. Okay, you get a laptop, Mike. <sighs> yeah, why don't you just get a future. laptop? Yeah, yeah, it's true. Actually, <laughs> do you know what? I hadn't thought of that. I'm just, forget what I said. <laughs> my next pick is the MacBook Pro. It's going to be really uh if Apple kind of refuses to keep to make like a first party product like this and they kind of don't ever do true trackpad support and then the Mac and then MacBook gets like uh like an uh, they do ARM Max. Uh it's going to be I think it's going to become really hard for a lot of people to like choose between like an Mac or like an iPad as their like portable They'll converge. Uh, thing. They'll converge. Yeah, yeah I th- I see I agree with you. I I don't really know where they're going to go with it. I I yeah, feel like I feel like honestly the thing we are most likely to see is like an ARM Mac but I don't think it will have a touchscreen. I, re- I no, I don't think it will either. I really hope that Apple decides, and it's nice that they've kind of dipped their toe in the water with the accessibility uh, setting for the uh, the cursor, or the mouse. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really hope they go all in with that because I think it will. Every every time I consider like laptop versus iPad as like a portable getting work done machine, which is really just like email and web browsing for kind of what I need to do work wise and chatting selecting text 
is like always the thing that it's like, I need like a cursor and a trackpad. Like I can't be reaching up at the screen and dragging and moving the little handles. Like, because basically all customer service email that I'm doing involves copying and pasting of text, like order numbers and things like that. So that has to be so easy. Um, So that's like kind of what I'm waiting on the iPad. But you are kind of like, there is this, this disconnect I can understand some people have where like you're still kind of doing copy and paste like you do with the touchscreen. Like you're still grabbing the little Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. handle, Mm -hmm. but I find it much more precise with the mouse. Like I use a mouse Mm -hmm. all the time on my iPad. Mm. All right. That's too much computer. Yeah. Then Dan tech corner. Get out of here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, To bring us back to reality. Okay. Uh-huh. My next pick is uh, Zinni, which was, I think, an Instagram ad that targeted me. Do you guys worked. both get really good Instagram ads? I get good Instagram ads most of the time. I get yeah. good ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. I feel well targeted. So yep. basically, Zinni is just like Warby Parker, but cheaper and more mm-hmm. designs. So uh, it's like a you know an online glasses thing, just like Warby Parker, except their glasses start at $8. Like with lenses. <laughs> yes. No. no <laughs> Tom, like insanity. Tom, a child has made those glasses somewhere. <laughs> no, I think a robot has. Because um, they're just injection molded plastic. 695. I know. Um, and Jeez. so, but here's the thing. How? If you start going in there and you start configuring your lenses like, oh, I Is want that them to not shatter. Rashida Jones. Yes, I just saw I that. Rashida's <laughs> picks. She's on the website yeah. too. I was about to say that, so, but stopped myself from saying it. <laughs> <laughs> so when I ordered, I ordered like three. Um, I think mine were usually around 30 bucks because I got the like car- polycarbonate lenses that don't shatter and like um, like UV and like some other like coatings on the lenses. Um, and you can even use like like screen like blue coating blue light coatings and stuff but they also have like tons of designs and for me it was just fun because instead of like going to warby parker and getting like one pair of glasses that i wear for like ever uh you know i could get like three um and just like and have like, options and just kind of play around like especially for eight bucks like you can even get cheap ones and just kind of see how you like them and then if you know you want to kind of get fancier lenses in them, you can just like order one of them with fancy len- fancier lenses. So I still, I don't know, it's really don't interesting. Feel like I know how they're doing the six ninety five lenses, the glasses though. Well, it's okay. This is how glasses shouldn't even cost a hundred dollars. I mean, so you know the frames are injection molded plastic, right? So that's cost them ten cents. Yep. And then the lenses, they're just molded polycarbonate. They probably mm. just have a machine that molds it, and then. Maybe it's polished, but it's all by a machine. Like I, I was in Japan, and there's like stores in Japan where a robot makes your glasses, like completely. Like it doesn't. There's no human touching anything, and so I don't. You know, you know, like Warby Parker glasses. A lot of them, it's like a solid block of like lucite or some weird plastic that has like some like, interesting pattern in it, and they're like sculpted, and you know, the like, website think, shows people touching a thing in the edging labs, which is a very strange. very strange phrase using state-of-the-art etching machines our skilled technicians ensure that all lenses are cut and assembled to your frames with accurate measurement of your pupillary distance and segment height the edging lab is also responsible for final assembly and there's people in it Hmm. (laughs) i don't know i guess that's like uh... the lost leader the 695 frame 
right? Yeah. yeah. Well, nothing like look. If you went on here, you buy glasses, they would not end up being seven dollars. Like you would get like you some little upgrades and stuff. Yeah. Right? Like and the other thing is they do you know prescription sunglasses too. You know, so mm-hmm. it's uh, I don't know. It's something definitely to check out. Like I was pleasantly surprised. Um, and the designs are just they're just more like. A lot of them are kind of crazy, but there's just more interesting stuff going on, too. And it kind of, you know, than like, say, Warby Parker or some of the other guys. So, I don't know. I just thought it was, I've been, I've had them for over a year. And um, hmm. Casey, my wife, got some, too. They, I mean, they work, you know, like I can see. <laughs> so, <laughs> Congratulations. I would, I would give it a try. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's a good, it's a, it's a good uh, inter- oh. Instagram target. So, I'm going to yeah. have a look at these. I, I like I like to change my frames a lot, but yeah. I, I don't even, actually I don't know if they'll even ship to me. Oh, I don't know. I mean, they're probably coming from Asia, anyways. Yeah, there's like a, a medical thing though. Like that that can be a th- uh, problem sometimes. About like gotcha. my prescription is a British prescription. Blah 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 gotcha. blah blah. Mm. Gotcha. Hmm. <laughs> You're up, Dan. Next one. All right. Uh, my second pick is a Patagonia Nano Puff hoodie, which is a jacket. Uh, it's called a hoodie, but it's just a jacket with a hood on it. Um, and <laughs> they... wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Isn't that all hoodies? I always consider a hoodie to be a sweatshirt with a right, hood on it. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I would never call a jacket a hoodie. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is false advertising. Yeah. I would say. Um, and so all, they also have a jacket called a micro puff. And mm-hmm. I don't actually know the difference between a micro puff and nano puff. Bigger. I have the... Bigger yeah, puffs. Yes. It seems like they're. Pre- <laughs> it's a pretty subtle more, difference, though. I think it's pretty clear that it's more puff. Yeah, you know, <laughs> is is micro or nano smaller? I I never know. Um, uh, nano, so, well, they're very micro. similar. It's different, me- right? Right. It's imperial versus metric. It's all marketing, anyways. <laughs> uh, but the what's so great about this jacket is it is really thin and light, but has a wide kind of temperature range in terms of what you'll be comforted comfortable in. So I've worn this jacket in like sixty to three degree weather and i've also worn it like in the 30s and it's like comfortable in both those so really wide kind of comfort range uh the jacket itself is super comfortable it actually feels kind of like a hoodie in the traditional sense in that you're not restricted in any way like you could play a sport in this jacket and it wouldn't kind of like restrict your movement in any way. So it's just super comfortable to put on. Uh, but again, uh, going back to the scissors and the repair program, I actually got a little, uh, kind of snag. I like ripped the front of it accidentally. And, uh, and I remembered, Oh yeah, doesn't Patagonia have like a repair thing? Like this will be interesting to kind of try this out. I've never done that before. And it was amazing. Like it, it was $5, which I think was just to like cover the cost of return shipping or something. So it was essentially free and they repaired it so perfectly. I just kind of assumed they were just going to like, kind of like stitch it up, but it was repaired so perfectly. I couldn't even detect that it had been repaired. They like replaced some of the like fabric quilting and they sewed it in such a way that it was completely invisible. Um, So that, I don't know, it just feels super good to own things and then get them fixed instead of buying, 
uh, new things. I know that's like a whole, that's like an obvious thing to say. Um, but I like, I don't know. That's kind of the whole point of this exercise and the kind of had it for more than a year thing is just the products that you own and they can continue on because of their ability to be uh, repaired rather than just, you know, thrown away or, mm-hmm. or replaced. Well, and so. a company willing to do it and make right. it easy. Like, right. That's the right. thing, you know. Right. Yeah. I guess what we have learned yeah. from this episode is that Dan will have things repaired. Mm-hmm. Well, but that's new, right, Dan? I mean, that's like a new thing, right? For me? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think ever, like, since starting our company and, like, making products and selling them, I'm just more thoughtful about things like that. I, I, I think, what is the phrase, like, conscientious consumer or something? Mm-hmm. Um and so I think, yeah, my mindset is like slowly kind of shifted towards that over the years. Why do you um, think making products yourself has made you that way? Well, because I think you just realize how much stuff you're putting out into the world. Like, you know, we're a small company. We're not we're not shipping millions of units, but it's still like, oh, you kind of like see just like boxes of the packaging, you know, that's going to go out. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, th- you know, this is going to be you know thrown away eventually um and so i think it's just i think more about it and i think like Mm -hmm. kind of what we're doing in in the whole uh, kind of supply stream and um and then making you know like the whole kind of pitch of the of the mark one is that it's it's built to last you know it's not long lasting and we we haven't like officially announced this or documented it anywhere we kind of need to but we have like a repair program uh for the mark one where it's like if something goes wrong with it we'll like instruct you how to fix it or you can send it back to us and we'll like fix it for you um so i think that it's kind of a nice way to think about products and in our product development i think we're starting to think about that too like how to make things that are super long lasting so i don't know it just it feels kind of good what? yeah i definitely have more trust in like um refurbished products because I have more faith that like, that's like, a, you know, in the manufacturing process, like it's all people acting like machines or machines assembling them. But when something comes back to be repaired, I have much more faith that like someone is actually thinking about the object and like really looking it over, you know. And so I like buy way more like refurbished uh, stuff because I like I've, it's probably in better shape than like it being brand new or whatever. Um and so, yeah, I'm. It's kind of like a similar boat where, like, having a human being that you know will like actually like re- repair or like consider your thing is pretty rare, I think. And so it's actually kind of cool. You can like get that deal <laughs> by doing the like refurbished or the like repaired stuff. All right, my final item. Is it my turn? Yeah, it's my turn. Yeah. Right, it's my yeah. final item. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna pick my hipster knife that I have. Uh, it's from a company called the James Brand, and my knife is called the Folsom. The Folsom. Uh, I Ooh, have interesting it... thumb flick thing. Yeah, I have it in a very like cool green color. Like the, the mm-hmm. body of it is like is green. Um, I just I saw this knife. Uh, I don't know some time ago, and I just really liked the design. I basically only use this knife to open packages. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but I really like it. I think it's, it's attractive and it is incredibly sharp and it does the job. And I like my knife very much. And I, I do feel like this is a product 
that I could use for like 10 years longer. You know, like it's just going to be around. Mm-hmm. It does its thing. Um, and, it, you know, it does, it does a good job. I like it very much. And I like the design. And is, of your, it. is it serrated or not serrated? Not serrated. Oh, that's cool. Because then you can get it sharpened easily by someone and it will be like as good or better from the factory. So that's cool. Yeah. So sometimes with serrated ones, you know, it's like that's tricky, but yeah. Yeah. No, I like it. It's cool. it's very sleek, this knife. Very it's sleek. As, it doesn't uh, have a lot of fancy features. Yeah. I like that it has yeah. doesn't scream everyday carry, like survive in the wilderness yeah. forever, right? Like it doesn't yeah. have a lot of features. It has a very simple locking mechanism. Um, mm-hmm. I like it. You know, it's nice and grippy. Like the, the, the material that they use on the body feels really good. Um, is it carbon fiber? It looks like carbon fiber. Micata. Oh. Uh, yeah, I, I really like it. It's, it's a very simple product, but it's done really well. I find it, it it's it's like the first knife that I've ever seen, and it's like, oh, I like the way that looks, and it doesn't scream like wilderness. This this brand mm-hmm. does a lot of like cool cool looking stuff like that. They have they have a mm-hmm. bunch of products, and I think that they look really nice. Cool. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, they even have a. The Clovis is even more minimally. Yeah, they. Yeah, I picked the one that I like the look of the most. I I really liked the green in the the Folsom uh-huh. the Folsom uh, one. So, gotcha. Cool. Well, uh, up next, uh, not the opposite of a knife, but uh, is uh, <laughs> and this is really um, this is kind of really for my wife. Uh, the instant pot. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this object, Mike. Um, yeah, we have a a slow cooker ourselves um well, but i know the instant pot cooker, is a bit Mike. more than that right <laughs> yeah okay so the instant instant pot which is really hard to not say instapot oh, um, it's a pressure cooker it's a it's a pressure oh. cooker and i think for a long time you know pressure cookers were a thing and then i think they were really dangerous and so they weren't a thing anymore but then this instant pot came around town and they have all these why, safety features why is it not called instapot <laughs> I, they probably can't because obviously that's the way better name i'm sure there's a reason why they can't uh and at first you know i think my wife katie was like oh okay like this sounds good like we do a lot of cooking after she got it like literally all the time i'll just be in the house and she's like i love my instant pot <laughs> she calls it instapot because that's the only sane thing to do but uh she like proclaims it like for every like every week or so i she's just like man this thing is awesome <clears throat> and so it's on my list because I greatly benefit from it. Um, and it's, it's, it's kind of amazing. Like, for instance, like we cook a decent amount of beans, like from dried, from like dried beans. And I don't know if you've ever cooked dried beans, but they take a really long time if you're, if like it's like on a no, normal pot. But it takes like, like a very short, like 20 or 30 minutes or something in the instant pot. And it's, you don't do anything. Like you just put water in there and it's done. And so, it's, it's kind of hilarious def- that in Googling, everything is called Instapot. Like, the yeah. Amazon yeah, yeah, yeah. search section yeah. is called Instapot. It says Instapot, yeah. the instant pot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. If but you Google say- Instapot, the first result is Instapot archives and then dash instantpot.com. Like, even <laughs> they know. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. But... Uh, it definitely feels like when you look at it, it's like, oh, this is like an as-seen-on-TV, like, gizmo-y thing. Mm. But it does definitely seem like a game-changer. It, it feels like uh, it allows you to do certain kind of cooking tasks in a way that you... Like, a pressure cooker is a very good thing. And it's a pressure cooker that, like, works well and is safe. 
Um, and, and like even like cooking meat and stuff, it's kind of just like a no brainer to do things that can be really difficult. Um, and it's like very versatile. Like you can do all kinds of crazy stuff with it, but, um, there's a whole like cult of people, but anyways, I, and they're cheap, like a hundred bucks. And so I would highly recommend this as a gift for anyone who's uh, probably almost anyone has heard of it, but it definitely is like not a whiz bang gadgety thing necessarily. Like it is a true, like uniquely um useful object in terms of what it can do uh so i would the website says it is a seven in one multifunction yeah the marketing is very like whiz bangy uh saute it it holds up slow cooking rice cooker pressure and non-pressure steamer porridge maker food warmer and yogurt maker they are the official uses of the instant pot yeah yeah The, the real advantage is it's like yes it's a thing that heats stuff up but the real advantage is you set it up and you walk away like a slow cooker, but mm-hmm. you can do things that are, but much faster. So like cooking like rice, rice or like cooking meat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like no fuss. It's like very simple. And so I that's, I put this I think one why... on our list too. Cause we like to cook alone. Yeah. Like we just got sous vide. Very happy mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. Very happy with that. That's a mm-hmm. fun thing. Yeah. To have. Yeah. That, that is more of a, feels like more of a, a fad than this. This feels like this won't be a fad, but maybe I'm wrong. But it feels like it will I'll like date, I'll hang date around. You, sir. I don't think sous vide will be a fad. How dare you, sir? Uh, I mean, it's, it is a fad. <laughs> it came and uh, went. I think. Uh, uh, Tom, you mentioned kind of like the the cult behind this product, and that mm-hmm. uh, that's totally true. I I know specifically. People in big cities like New York that have kind of small kitchens or small apartments swear by these things because you can basically you can make an entire meal in the pot. Like the pot is all yeah. you need, and so people will just like keep this on top of their stove and they're like their stove like keep it out on their stovetop and their stovetop is basically just not used and they replace yep. it with uh, an yep. instant pot. So that is one appeal if you have like a small kitchen, but you're interested in still like home cooking, this is kind of like an all-in-one tool where you can essentially make an yeah. entire meal just in the pot. Especially they sell extra like pots for it. So you can be like, I'm going to make the sauce. You just pull out the pot and then you make the pasta real quick. Like it is like pretty, it's pretty crazy. Uh, so yeah, I would, uh, I would mm. check her out. It's, 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 it's much different than a slow cooker. Like it's much more than a slow cooker. Instant sure. pot. Instant. America's number one multi-cooker. Hmm. <laughs> last one. Mm-hmm. All right, my last pick is a slim fold micro soft shell wallet. This is something I backed on Kickstarter, of course, because it's a wallet. Uh, <laughs> and uh, when I originally backed it, which was a long time ago, probably like 2013 or something. It was made out of Tyvek, um, which if you don't know, is like that material that they use for, yeah, house wrap and uh, shipping mailers and such. Uh, And it's a very durable kind of like tear proof uh material very thin um but it kind of doesn't wear very nicely like it kind of looks a little bit junky uh over time it still functions perfectly fine but it just kind of looks worn out and so uh this guy dave who uh runs this company and made these wallets uh kind of went back to the drawing board and he found another material as kind of more of a technical fabric 
And I'm not sure exactly what it is, but he did like a version two of this wallet, which I also backed. And that wallet, I feel like I've had for at least five years and it looks brand new. Like it hasn't worn at all. You know, I have it in my back pocket every day, basically. Um, So it's kind of, it fits perfectly in this like kind of long lasting, you know, goods that you buy. Um, And I really like the wallet itself just because I was, you know, I was kind of after as a lot of people, just kind of like a super thin minimal wallet. And for me, it's kind of like ticks all the boxes of what I need, you know, like a few space for a few credit cards and ID and, you know, cash, um, and that's pretty much it. Um, and, and I wanted a bifold, you know, I didn't want one of these things where you're kind of sliding things or having to like fold cash in half and stuff it in. Like I didn't, I don't like any of that stuff. Um, so for the Wallet way I, yeah, well, a lot of people, you know, it's like they, there's these minimal wallets and it's like, yeah, oh yeah, like a, fold I up, one of the, fold the up your cash. Card slippy guys. Yeah. And yeah. If I have cash, yeah. I have to fold it up, but I don't carry yeah. cash very often. Yeah. So I don't know. That wasn't for me, but this, this, this basically design wise and like functionality wise was exactly what I was looking for. And then just like the material choices and the way it's constructed, it's just kind of amazing. Like, like I said, it's like going on like five years or so and it's, it looks new. So I don't know if you're, uh, if you're in the market for a thin, minimal, long lasting wallet, this is a good one. And so that material is basically like non-fraying, right? Like right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. why it works. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's yeah. no like seams that yeah. have to be. Yep. Yeah. Fancy. We did it. Wow. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Thoroughly Considered is a joint production between Relay FM and Studio Neat. You can find out more about this episode by going to relay.fm slash tc slash 56.